Chapter Seven of the Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: The Queen and Her Secret Society. Mrs. Tennant had not been out more than a minute or two before David and Ben came in. Kathleen saw them from the window. She tapped on the window with her knuckles, nodded to them, kissed her hand, and looked radiant with delight some boys at the opposite side of the street saw her and burst out laughing david's face grew red i wish the little irish girl wouldn't make us figures of fun said ben speaking in an annoyed tone the next instant david had opened the door with his latch-key and kathleen was waiting for them in the hall sausages she said bring out the word with great gusto and shrimps and watercress and sardines besides bread and butter galore and nice hot tea maria is making fresh tea now in the kitchen come along in do you must be ravenous the boys stared at her ben forgot his anger he was a schoolboy enough to thoroughly enjoy the delicious meal which kathleen had prepared when it came to an end david jumped up impatiently where are you going dave asked kathleen in an interested voice she wanted him to help her she had hoped that he and she would go away to the old loft together and talk as they had done the night before but david was firm i am going to the church he said to practice on the organ i only get the chance three times a week and i must not neglect it david hopes to be no end of a swell some day remarked ben he thinks he can make the instrument speak and so can i said kathleen may i come with you dave some day he replied looking at her kindly but not to-day i'll be back as soon as i can david did not notice her disappointed face he went out immediately without even going upstairs first ben and kathleen were now alone kathleen looked at him attentively i wonder she said slowly what are you staring at me for said ben i have been wondering what sort you are i have got cousins at home and they do anything in the world i like i wonder if you would Ben had been very cross with Kathleen when she had knocked to him and David from the dining-room window, but he was not cross now. He was only thirteen, and up to the present no pretty girl had ever taken the slightest notice of him. He was a plain, sandy-haired boy with a freckled face, a wide mouth, and good-humoured blue eyes. "'You make me laugh whenever I look at you,' was Kathleen's next candid remark i didn't know that i was so comical was his answer perhaps you don't like it i can't say i do well this is the palace of home truths said kathleen laughing i asked your darling saintly sister just now which was the most wicked to tell a polite lie or a frightfully rude home truth she said that a polite lie was an awful sin so in this house I must cleave to the home troops i could tell you you know that you have quite a fascinating smile and a very taking voice 
and a delightful and polished manner but i prefer to tell you that you are comical which means that i feel inclined to burst out laughing whenever i look at you thank you said ben who could be very sulky when he liked then i will take my objectionable presence out of your sight i have got my lessons to do kathleen raised her brows and gave a slow smile ben got as far as the door benny she said then in a most seductive whisper he turned i am so glad you are in i should not have thought so but i am it is awfully lonely for a girl like me who has got dozens of cousins at home and uncles and aunts and all the rest of the goodly fry to be stranded i like david i am quite smitten with david and i like you too you can be a great friend of mine oh i don't mind said ben he thought it would be very good fun to tell the other fellows about the charming irish girl who liked him so much i wonder if you'd help me ben what can i do asked ben sit down and let's be cosy i will sit in the tired one's chair and you can sit on that little stool at my feet now isn't that nice who do you mean by the tired one your mother silly boy of course it's a very ridiculous name to call her it belongs to the palace of home truths your mother is tired and you you lazy or mad ones well go on said ben i see by your manner that you want me to do something i suppose it's something a little bit a little bit not quite good it is perfectly good i'll love you ever so much if you will do it what is it i am going out this evening i may not be in till late if the others are in bed will you come and unlock the door for me when i throw gravel up at your window you must tell me which is your window i sleep in the north attic it doesn't look out onto the street and i can't i can't possibly do it you can come down and wait for me in the hall how can i when the tired one goes to bed you can come down she goes to bed at ten i know and i shall not be in until about half past ten i don't want dave to know well because i don't i don't want alice to know either because i dislike alice very much really kathleen you ought not to speak like that well i do and i can't help myself will you do what i want here do you think you'd like this in your possession as kathleen spoke she held out a golden sovereign in the palm of her hand i don't want to be bribed it isn't bribery really it is paying for you giving me a great convenience i must go out on important business i want to help those who are downtrodden and distressed will you do what i want ben will you dear ben you know i like you so much will you will you of course ben fought against kathleen's rather wicked suggestion of course in the end he yielded when he finally got up to his attic to thumb over his well-worn lesson books he had kathleen's golden sovereign in his pocket he took it out and looked at it he turned it round and round and examined it all over 
he rubbed it lovingly against his freckled cheek held it until it got warm in the palm of his hand and then put it back in his pocket and jingled it against a couple of pennies which were its only companions a whole sovereign he said to himself a whole sovereign and i never had so much as five shillings of my own in the whole course of my life well she is a little witch i suppose david would beat me black and blue for doing a thing of this sort but how could i how could i withstand her supper at the tenants generally consisted of cold pudding cold meat bread and butter and a little jam when there happened to be any in the house it was not a particularly tempting meal and those who ate it required to have good vigorous appetites kathleen although she had been brought up in a considerable amount of wasteful splendour was indifferent to what she ate she soon jumped up and walked across the little passage into the drawing-room ben looking very red and shamefaced would not meet her eyes ben's face annoyed kathleen it did not occur to her for a minute that he would not be faithful to her but she was afraid that others might notice his extraordinary and perturbed expression once too he jingled his sovereign in his pocket she heard him and wondered why david did not ask him where he had got the money but no remark was made and the meal came safely to an end kathleen took up the first book she could find and pretended to read i shall feign sleepiness at a quarter to nine she said to herself and go upstairs i shall be awfully polite and sweet to dear alice she never comes to bed before ten so i should be quite safe getting out of the house i can drop from the window but i should prefer going by the back door and i don't think maria will betray me just then alice strolled into the room she looked rather nice she wore a very pretty pink muslin blouse which suited her well her hair was neatly arranged her face was calm she stood before kathleen i wish she said suddenly kathleen raised her head and i wish you wouldn't stand between me and the lamp don't you see that i am reading i want you to stop reading i have something to say indeed kathleen longed to be very rude but she thought of her delightful plan so close at hand and refrained i must humour her if i can by any possibility keep my temper was her thought then aloud what is it you want i hope you will be very quick for i am rather sleepy and intend to go to bed soon i hope you won't do it again that's all do what again asked kathleen spend your money on buying food for us we are not so poor as all that my mother is paid by your father to give you your meals your father doesn't expect you to buy them over again dad always likes me to do what i wish replied kathleen calmly well don't do it again it's extremely displeasing both to david and me kathleen laughed dave gobbled up his sausages and his sardines she said don't do it again that's all kathleen nodded her head and again buried herself into her book and there is another thing continued alice dropping into a chair by kathleen's side you are very low down in the school two of the mistresses spoke to me about you to-day 
they don't like to see a great overgrown girl like you in a class of little children it does neither you nor the school credit they fear that during this term you may be forced to continue in your present low position but they earnestly hope that you will work very hard so as to be removed into a higher form you ought after christmas to get into a class at least two removes higher up in the school that's what i came to say i suppose you have a certain sense of honour and i don't want your father's money to be thrown away be dad then he has plenty of money and i don't care much replied kathleen she lay back in her chair and whistled gary owen in a most insolent manner if you have really made up your mind not to improve yourself in the very least mother had better write to squire o'hara and suggest that you don't come back after christmas and squire o'hara will decide that point for himself replied kathleen there are other houses where i can be entertained and fussed over and regarded as i ought to be regarded besides the home of alice tennant the fact is this alice you aggravate me you don't understand me i am at my worst in your presence perhaps i am a bit wild sometimes but your way would never drive me to work or anything else i have no real dislike to learning and if another girl spoke to me as you have done i might be very glad what do you mean said poor alice i really and truly kathleen do want to help you you and i could work every evening together i could and would see you through your lessons thus you would very quickly get to the head of your class and get your removes without trouble at christmas i suppose you mean to be kind said kathleen i will think it over let me alone now she gave a portentous yawn ben heard her came and sat down on an ottoman not far off and began kicking his legs benny said his sister if you have done your lessons you had better go to bed i don't want to go so early you always treat me as if i were a baby well please yourself i am going upstairs to fetch my books i have a good hour and a half of hard work to get through before bedtime the moment kathleen and ben were alone ben rushed up to her side and began to whisper it is all as right as possible he said i am going up to bed as usual and when mother and alice and dave are safe in their rooms i'll slip down again i'll be in the hall don't ring when you come back just walk up the steps and scratch against the door with your knuckles and i'll hear you and let you in in a trice i am awfully pleased about that sovereign it will make me one of the greatest toffs in the school i'll have more money than any of the other fellows i'm so excited i can scarcely think of anything else i know i'm doing wrong but you did offer me such a tremendous temptation now i hear alice's step it'll be all right kathleen don't you fear kathleen smiled to herself the rest of her programme was carried out to a nicety at a quarter to nine she complained of fatigue bade mrs tennant an affectionate good-night nodded to alice and left the room be sure you don't lock the door called alice after her i shan't be up for quite an hour and you will be sound asleep by that time i won't lock it replied kathleen gently when kathleen had gone upstairs mrs tennant turned and spoke to her daughter you know alice 
she said the child is very lovable and kind-hearted a little barbarian in some sense of the word but a fine nature of that i am certain i am so busy to-night mother replied alice can't we defer talking of the charms of kathleen's character until after i have done my lessons of course dear said her mother she drew her basket of mending towards her put stitch after stitch into the shabby garments and thought all the time of kathleen with her bright face and beautiful merry eyes meanwhile that young lady having arranged a bolster in her bed to look as like a human being as possible put on her hat and jacket and ran downstairs there was no one in the hall and she was absolutely daring enough to go out by that door mrs tennant raised her head when she heard the door gently shut can that be the post she said but as no one replied she forgot the circumstance and went on with her mending a few doors down the street susy hopkins was waiting for kathleen oh there you are she said we are so excited there will be about eight of us waiting for you in the old quarry you are good to come you don't know what this means in our lives you are good you are wonderfully good where's the quarry asked kathleen you have chosen such a funny place i should not have imagined that a quarry a dear romantic quarry could be found anywhere in this neighbourhood yes but there is and a good big one too it is about half a mile away just at the back of collier's buildings it is the safest place you can possibly imagine for no one will ever look for us there now do be quick we will find the others before us you can't think how excited we are oh i'm willing to be quick replied kathleen i am doing all this for you you know because i am sorry for the foundationers and think it so very ridiculous that there should be distinctions made why you are quite as good as the others they are none of them much to boast of what fun this is cried susy again i assure you the paying girls think no end of themselves they are under the supposition that there were never such fine ladies to be found in the land before oh we will take it out of them shan't we kathleen made no reply presently they reached the opening that led into the quarry they had to go down a narrow sloping path and then by a doorway cut in the solid rock after they had passed through they found themselves in a large circular cavern open to the sky there was no moon and the night was dark but one girl had brought a lantern she opened it and placed it on the ground a bright shaft of light now fell on several young figures all huddled together susy gave a sharp whistle the girls started to their feet here we are girls see this is our queen she presented kathleen to the assembled girls does the queen mind our looking at her face in turns said kate rourke i have not specially noticed you before she continued but after we have each had a good stare we will know what sort of a girl you are for reply kathleen herself lifted the lantern and flung the full light upon her radiant and lovely face and figure the intense light made her golden hair shine and brought out the delicate perfection of each feature the merry eyes framed in their dark lashes the gleaming white teeth the rosy lips were all apparent but beyond the mere beauty of feature 
kathleen had a remarkable degree the far more fascinating beauty of expression her face was capable of almost every shade of emotion being sorrowful and pathetic one moment and brimful of irrepressible mirth and roguery the next there was a silence amongst the girls until mary rand shouted hip hip pa the whole eight immediately broke into a ringing cheer welcome queen kathleen they said welcome and they held out their hands and clasped the hands of the irish girl i am glad said kathleen what about said clara sawyer why you have crowned me queen yourselves now i can do what i like with you all you certainly can said susie hopkins we are devoted to our queen aren't we girls we have fallen in love with her on the spot said rosie myers i never saw anyone quite so lovely before as the queen said mary rand it isn't only that she's lovely she is so genteel said susie hopkins aristocratic cried kate hannah johnson you haven't given your opinion yet and ruth craven you haven't given yours i reserve my opinion said ruth and i say there's a great deal of humbug and balderdash in the world said hannah johnson ruth's remark was unexpected but the girls pooh-poohed hannah's who was hannah johnson that she dared to speak so rudely to one so charming and beautiful as kathleen o'hara there was a disconcerting pause and then kathleen said hannah doubtless you are right there is plenty of humbug in the world but i don't think i am one now the question is shall i be on the side of the foundationers or shall i be on the side of the paying girls in the great shirley school indeed darling said rosie myers you shall be on our side those horrid stuck-up paying girls don't want you and we do nothing will induce us to give you up it is a chance to get a girl like you so lovely and so sweet and so rich to be one of us well i think i can give you a good time and i can show those others with their snobbish ways hear hear cried the excited girls i can show the others what i think of them they won't snub me but perhaps i shall snub them well girls as we have decided to band together we must draw up rules and when they are drawn up we must obey them i of course will be your head as you have made me queen this is the natural thing to expect of course said susie kathleen clapped her hands this is going to be a real good society she said what fun it will be the girls laughed and clustered with more and more friendliness round kathleen you are our queen said kate there are eight of us here and we all swear allegiance to you don't we girls certainly said susie unquestionably remarked mary with all my heart said rose and mine echoed clara and mine said kate i will join the others although i don't approve said hannah johnson in a somewhat unwilling nod and i am neutral i don't think i ought to join at all said ruth oh yes you will ruth i want you to be my prime minister i want you to be with me in all things i don't know that i can and why should she be your prime minister said kate in an ugly voice 
she's no better than the others and she's very new some of us have been at the school for some time ruth craven has only just joined the queen must have her way said kathleen stamping her foot the queen must have her way in all particulars and she wishes to elect ruth craven as her prime minister that is if ruth will consent they were headstrong and big girls most of them older than kathleen but they submitted for her ways were masterful and her tone full of delicate sympathy i will think it over and let you know said ruth of course i shall not betray you but you must please understand that i have friends amongst the paying girls of the school cassandra weldon is my friend and there are others i will not join nor advocate any plan that annoys or worries them the girls looked dubious and one or two began to speak in discontented voice we must meet again in a couple of days said kathleen finally by then i should have drawn up the rules we can't always meet at night but we will when it is possible for this place is so romantic and so correct for a secret society those who are present to-night will be in my cabinet i should like if possible to have all the foundation girls on my side but that must be decided at our next meeting i am willing to purchase a badge for each girl who joins me it will be made of silver and can be worn beneath the dress in the form of a locket oh lovely delicious there never was such a queen cried susie hopkins the little meeting broke up amidst universal applause End of chapter seven